0: are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil morning show with your host Nadia Khalil good morning everybody and welcome to today's show today is the 10th of January and it's. Friday, yay, I love Fridays, I love Fridays, although it is cold out here, like it's, um, I guess it, it could be snow cold in the mountains, which we have, but it's it's cold, it's kind of nice, I, my favorite time of year here, and I'm kind of getting what I want, and I always get scared it's going to run out, like I know it's going to get hot again in the summer, but I have way time to get there, and I'm enjoying this so much right now. I have a couple questions. They're kind of, they're from two different people, two different parts of the world, and yet they are connected. So if we think for a minute we are not connected, we really, really are. And here it goes. I got um, a note or a question from Chris Kip Woods, and he said, hi, Nadia. hug." The real tragedy in life is when we become afraid of the light. Why do we do this and how do we change that? Thank you. Love you. And then there's a question from somebody taking the self-love class, that inner quest class, and she says, question for Nadia Khalil. Hi, Nadia. I've been doing the week seven exercise." I accept myself. Last night, the second night for this, when I was doing it again, I noticed I kept shrugging my shoulders whenever a thought occurred, like my body was saying, I don't care. That doesn't sound too good to me. Any comments? Thanks, Nadia. And then she got from Susan Ulrich, wow, amazing how smart our bodies are. What does shrugging your shoulders mean to you? And Francis writes, it means I don't care. Not exactly a mature position to take. I'll try it again tonight. And then Susan writes, really, when I shrug my shoulders, it usually means that I do not know something and don't know what to do next and not knowing what to do. To me, this is a little bit different. Maybe this makes sense to you also. I am still on week four. How did that go for you? I struggle with this one. My head keeps... Spinning. Francis writes, for week four, I had to keep reminding myself to think what was my part in this. Shrugging shoulders also means I don't know, but we should always know the differences while we are doing all the shrugging. I love the shrugging because I got I got in trouble for that when I was young because I shrugged my shoulders at an adult and they said to me, and that's why I remember the words, don't shrug your shoulders at me. And I was saying, I don't care. <laughs> And the part of me was, I don't know either. So then um, the the conversation continues, and Susan says, good reminder to ask, what was my part? I've been looking for my intentions of how I comprise them. Then Maria Delcy writes, Francis Robinson and Susan we, you are well ahead, Francis. To me, the impression is that your body is responding to the sentence that you do not used to say to yourself, So your body reacted automatically. So interesting. Like Susan, our bodies are clever. I am stuck as well in week four. I did so much deep cleaning in the previous ones that I am now slow, really slow in this one. I am taking my time kindly, but I noticed that in everything I do now, I keep asking that question. What do I need from this? Why do I want to do this? What do I need back even now? Answer, sharing, enjoying this journey as a group and empathy. Then Francis writes, Thank you for commenting. Now I think there is more to it. I am now seeing that saying I don't care was my rejection to hurt when I was very young. It goes along with knowing it doesn't matter. Francis, sorry, I jumped in. I get so happy to see our growth and share it in a way. I see it as clearing, cleaning, subconscious reaction, Because the sentence that you say and your body language are in opposition looks like. Sounds like printing new loving words that our bodies need to get used to. Accepting kind sentences from ourselves to ourselves until we stop fighting it. So interesting. I hope to share mine as well when I get there. And it goes on. Then Francis says in the chat, last night I tried it again. This time I felt a bit of power. So about the light thing, afraid of the light, and Francis's question, which I asked Francis's permission before I said it because it's on a closed group page. I want to tell you guys a little secret today. It's actually not a little secret. It's a little known secret. And I think once I tell you, you're going to know. But you're going to realize too, when people say you got to do the work, why they're saying that. The closer we get to knowing ourselves, which is why I worded the program the way I did, why it's structured by week, in the sense that I give you something every week, because I have to, you know, like Christ says. One change has to happen before another can. And the reason I do that is the closer we get to self-purity, the harder ego fights us. It cannot rob an empty vessel, but it can rob a full one. Because in an empty vessel, there's nothing to rob. If you're not thinking, you're just going to do whatever it says, and it doesn't need to fight for you. But if you are thinking, that energy wants to come in and challenge you and take you away from learning. One of the people that works with me, Every time I talk to him, I feel despair. I feel my ego is bothering me, my this, my that. But I know what you're saying and I'm feeling it. And I never told him to feel it. He was working with me. He didn't need to feel it. I just needed his skill set. But the work started affecting him. While it was affecting him, he did not understand why he kept spinning in these circles of feeling like he didn't know what to do. So finally, I didn't know what was bugging me about the whole situation. I realized in this, like, little epiphany moment the other day that his ego was in the way. it was bothering him. Normally, when a person embarks on a question, they just think to answer it. Why have a reaction like that and not know? The good news is, is that Frances thought to herself, let me revisit it and try again. Because she understands herself well enough to know that that isn't a normal reaction from her. And it bothered her enough to write about it. But my bigger question is, why did that reaction or why was that reaction the reaction that you had? And I know why. Every time we get close to reclaiming who we are, all the way back, I mean, those classes do not go in lightly. If you don't want to know or face what you have faced or known in your lifetime, you don't want to know. Don't, don't take the classes. And I, I mean that. And if you want to know, I mean this too. Take the classes. I am not invested in someone taking them or not. But what I am invested in is the growth of people whether I know them or not at this point, because I can't physically know everybody. But the closer we get, like right where we get to that place where we could break through and in a second understand what's happening, is that little surprise as you do start doing the work and ego starts putting up roadblocks. That's why I say our ego is only a threshold. It is a teacher. It is not a destination. Even for the people on the face of this earth that are trying to use ego as a destination, can't. Ego doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't lead us to anything. If someone can tell me in their lifetime a time ego actually worked for them, that would be a first. That would be a first. Literally. Ego isn't a friend. And I don't even want to say it's a foe. It's an energy that has a job and it just does it over and over and over and over and over again to anyone who invites it in. When people talk to me, or want to say something to me and their ego is involved, it's like a neon light in my brain now, only because... I've been forced to hear its voice in my own head to know what it sounds like in somebody else's. Doesn't mean they're good or bad. That's why I wrote the um it's uh that it's a quote that I put up yesterday and I I have to find it to actually quote it properly because sometimes when I call him Krusty Christy, but when uh, Christ starts talking, the way the things are worded are are perfect for what he wants us to hear. And it says, when we we do not do bad things because we are bad, we do so for not believing we deserve better than what we are doing. That deserving part is ego's gateway. The minute that we think, the minute that we think that we don't deserve something, we become vulnerable. That's why I say over and over again, why not you? Why somebody else? Who are these somebody else's? Who are these other people that we think are so far ahead of us? So far ahead of us. So we don't even know how we can catch up to them. So we stop trying. We stop thinking that we deserve better. No matter what position you are in life, ego will try to attack you. Because your stand for yourself, for your mind, for your body, it's solidified every time you overcome that threshold. The minute you start to think, oh, maybe I could get away with this, whatever it is, even if it's not treating yourself well, it's not about getting away with stealing something or lying or cheating. It's even just you not taking care of yourself. Ego's right at the door waiting for you to take you down the path that one day you will say, how did I get here? An ego will take you pretty far down that road. Anyone who has taken their own life or considered taking their own life is battling the thralls of ego. I remember about four or five years ago, Mary Ann Williamson, if any of you have heard of her, if not, you can look her up. She is one of my early heroes. Before, obviously, I was in my 20s, so way before Christ. I saw her on Oprah. Well, I was still living in Chicago before I even came to California, and I've been here for 34 years, I think 35 years this year. And um, she was talking about love. And I completely sucked her in. I was like, oh, my God, this is how I think all the time. (gasps) I can't believe someone is saying this. Like, it just was like, I couldn't believe it, like a warm bath or a warm blanket. I just sat there and listened to her because that's how I thought that people needed love. I knew it was missing, but I thought it was something people just didn't talk about, and they didn't. Fast forward, four or five years ago, or even up to six years ago, I don't remember when I did this, I wanted to meet her. And I found out that she was speaking at a theater in Beverly Hills every Wednesday night. You pay like 15 bucks, and the place is filled with like 3,000 people every Wednesday night. So I go, and I was sitting there, and she said, ego will take you to suicide if you let it. It'll make you break your own contract that you made to come here. And I thought, I get that. Yet again, she said something that really resonated, because Christ told me that, too. The part that she didn't know, or maybe she does and didn't say it, I don't know, was that all suicides come back. So if you think you don't like what's going on today, now, you're going to have to start all over again and face whatever it is you face and make it this time. Or at least that's the great hope. But that's ego on steroids. That's when you've let it take step one through 100. So when ego tries to separate, because it is the great separator, there should be a definition in the dictionary about ego. It should be the great separator, because it will come in and work so hard to separate itself from or separate you from your soul. There's a family member very close to us who has paranoid schizophrenia. And it gets worse with age. And she, she clearly tells us she is the complete opposite of us. That our problem is we keep trying to help her, but she doesn't really care about any of us. And the names that she calls us are horrific. They're horrific. She chooses, chooses because she's out of her mind, to not get help because we're the ones who need help. And the issue we have is that we can't help her legally, even if she is mentally ill without her permission, which is a total dichotomy because for those people, nobody will help them unless they take medication because they're dangerous to themselves and to others. They'll never kill themselves. But they could cross the line to do that to someone else if they think they're the devil. And they talk about Christ and the devil and angels and this, and it just, it's a, a script. It's a predictable very unfortunate script. And it's a very mean, it is the complete opposite of us. I do believe that because she told me that. And she's not kidding. But she is void of truth, love, and purity. She lives in fear. She walks in the street and covers both sides of her eyes because people are mentally telepathy trying to kill her. And she actually tried to kill someone that she thought was trying to kill her that way. We saved her from doing that. But families are not qualified to take care of that level of ego. So when I get a question that says the real tragedy in life is when we cannot, that we become afraid of the light She has taught me how afraid of the light people can be and how they can't even see it. But then, when you say, Why do we do this? Why do I shrug my shoulders at something that will help me? Why do I find myself afraid of the light? How do we change that? We have to have an open dialogue with ourselves and say, I want the light. I am not afraid of the light. I'm not afraid of ego. I just choose not to participate with ego. We have to tell our ego, you do not have permission to be here. You're just a floating energy. And I'm not accepting you. It will leave. Ego is obedient to love. Because love is the stronger energy of the two. If you just remember that, that ego, any energy, less than love, is obedient to love. It's like that's when we go to a doctor and the doctor says, take this medicine and you see this physical medicine. Ego is the illness and the medicine is the love. It sounds corny. That's how you do it. It's it's that simple. I say it a lot on the show, but sometimes it comes in in ways like what Francis experienced. Because it just wants to take away Francis from finding out more about Francis. may not matter to anybody else in the world, but it matters to Francis. And if ego is allowed to come in and do that and say, oh, this is stupid. Don't take this program. Why were you wasting your time? And you paid for it. Yeah, that's ego. That's ego. If you're taking care of your child and they say, but your child messed up today. Why did you let them get away with that? That's ego. You don't let them get away with anything. You love them. You want to teach them. The question, what would love do? Love would tell ego that it has no place in its home. We do this because we don't know better to answer Gliss's question. And how do we change it? We talk to it. It's an energy. It's obedient to us. The extreme of that Is that every single human being on the face of this earth, every single one of us has our own little set of angels that are around us all day long. Just like ego is around us, just like negative is around us, we have positive around us. But because we are not aware of that, they don't have permission to participate in our lives. And sometimes when we're down or we're trying to hurt ourselves, literally hurt ourselves, even trying to kill ourselves, all the way to that far end of the pendulum, if we can't hear them, we can't listen to them. And they may be weeping around us, for us, and with us, but we are not aware of them. We are not aware that ego is an energy. We are not aware That hurting ourselves is not the answer to the point of completion. It's very sad for people who find the person because now they have to deal with the realities of somebody listening to ego, whether they realize that or not. And we feel sorry for them, we bury them, and we have to go on because we're still alive. Because ego only has an entrance plan. It doesn't have an exit plan. And that's why I'll go back to what I said in the beginning. Anyone who's succeeded on ego alone, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. It may take us to the brink, but there will never be a completion with ego. Nobody gets away with adopting ego's energy. Even if you were someone who embezzled from a company, because I have to say the extreme so you know how far it can take someone, and nobody ever found out. Nobody. Person's ready to die, they're 85 years old and they're on their deathbed, they start confessing. Why do you think they start confessing? Because now they're feeling love. And they have the strength to say the truth. Because now they have nothing to lose and everything to gain, but they came back to love, even if it took their last breath. And I can bet you that throughout their life, They were tortured by their own actions. Nobody ever knew. Why? How many people have we met that we say, gosh, but they're just a tortured soul. Like, what's wrong? What's going on with them? We say those things. And after tens of thousands of people that I have seen, worked with, talked to, communicated with, in the last 18 years, I would bet my life that they took a trip with ego and it took them to the end and left them at the edge of the cliff. Ego isn't good or bad. It is thought process that we can adopt it's one of the many that will enter us and try to sway us to grow us to challenge us and if you ever feel like you have to make a decision or you're going to lose what you're going to lose and you may never have that opportunity again that's exactly when you shouldn't make a decision You should say, wow, this is so tempting. What's wrong? If I just do this once, no one will ever know. But the truth is, you will know. So to say no one will ever know is a lie. You're already starting on a lie. You will know. And that's what matters, because everything you know is how you run your life, whether you feel guilty or not, bad or not, not as good as others, not deserving as others, all of that, because you say, because I know what I've done. So going back to Francis's question, I would feel great that that night I did that only because. You knew it was off for you to react that way. Your body, your mind, you knew it was off. And it was so off that you questioned it. And the fact that you put that question out, and I thank you for that, because then I got to tell you, you are really, really in a good place. Keep answering your own questions. Keep looking for answers. Keep involving support. Because all that love eradicates the ego's role. You guys, have a great weekend. I will see you on Monday. I can't believe I have like 17 seconds left. Have a great weekend. I will see you Monday, and we'll be starting a new week together again. Bye-bye.